and welcome back to my podcast wellness with sylvie i am your host sylvie obviously and i woke up today feeling super super motivated and super refreshed and i just felt such an urge of motivation and inspiration to come and speak to you guys about my experience doing a wonderful 30-day yoga challenge coupled with a 21-day meditation abundance challenge. Now, the last couple of episodes, I've sort of spoken about, um, I focus mostly on the yoga. And today, we're going to talk about the yoga challenge. So day three of my yoga challenge. And I believe that I began the um, 21 day abundance meditation challenge from Deepak Chopra. And I'm just going to give you some suggestions, um, what I experienced, some of the things that you should expect, and also some hints and tips as to how to take this on and to adapt it and, you know, some things to look out for. So this is simply my take, but also some recommendations and suggestions should you choose to take your yoga and meditation experience to the next level. I definitely, definitely recommend trying to make this your own and definitely challenging yourself because without challenge, all we know is we do not know and we cannot grow. Brilliant. So, um, day three. So, I've obviously been doing or I did the Cat Muffin Yoga Annuary 30-Day Yoga Challenge. And last episode, we spoke about yoga for the core Right? And the core, as I mentioned, is integral for stability. But we also have our legs and our arms for balance, right? But today we're going to be talking about uh, leg balances. And we're talking about yoga for balance. Um, I will talk about arm balances later in the podcast. But for now, we were looking at more of the stability and the root and the thing that keeps us grounded, which is our feet, right? Great. So... You know, we spoke about the different bandhas, so Udiyana Bandha and Mula Bandha and the locks that are associated with um, the core, the core stability and understanding how to engage your core during certain uh, yoga poses. And, you know, I, I gave a bit of a philosophy behind that and I hope that helped you understand a bit more. And you know what? I am happy for you guys to send any suggestions or feedback on the kind of things you would want to hear. I'm thinking prospectively, I would like to talk a lot more about the philosophy, but of course, I do not want to exclude certain listeners. However, because I feel as though you, one cannot just simply do yoga, well, that felt like such a Lord of the Rings moment, one does not simply, anyway, okay, I digress, but um, I feel like understanding the philosophy just makes it so much more worthwhile for a holistic experience. So anyway, so we spoke about yoga for core um, and something I really need to emphasize is I've often found that people who are flexible lack in strength and people who are strong lack in flexibility. But when it comes to yoga, this is where you can use and leverage on flexibility to raise your strength and your strength to work on your flexibility. So the two are not mutually exclusive. And so it's very important that you think of it as one cannot operate without the other. And this is why I love yoga, because it's such a holistic experience of you learning how to strengthen your body using flexibility and using flexibility to strengthen your body. So 
this kind of alignment brings harmony not only to your body um but also to your skin and your bones and to your nerve impulses to your mind your feelings and consciousness and yogis view the balance of the body as the balance of the mind which creates an inner and outer cohesive calm so in more scientific terms, and this time I did my research and I'm sure I'm going to be able to say this properly. Um, so our sense of balance is a very complicated relationship between the inner ear, vision, and the somatosensory system. And this is the physical cues that tell your brain where your body is in its environment. So there's some people who have... Um, vestibular disorders, right? Balance problems. So some people have things like dizziness, they suffer from dizziness, vertigo. I actually have a pupil who has vertigo. So I'm, I'm speaking from what I've also witnessed and from what they've explained to me about their experience um, doing yoga with this kind of balance problem. People with disorientation problems or poor coordinations or people who suffer from um, perpetual exhaustion. So you know, I'm just giving you a little bit of a of a an inlet into the science behind this. And so a lot of people who struggle with this would want to focus on developing their balance um, through the use of yoga because yoga is non-invasive. It's non-intense. I mean, it's intense, but it's not um, it's not like, you know, jumping up and down, doing jumping jacks in a gym. Yoga is is more about understanding your body to understand your mind and vice versa. So day three of the challenge was all about poses that challenged the lower body, right? Uh, with the use of a lot of standing poses, for example, balancing in chair pose, which I hate, by the way. I absolutely hate chair pose. Um, it is the pose I loathe and I love at the same time because one, it really, really, really does increase the strength of every single part of your legs right so from your from your hip from your um, adductors and uh, the inside of your hips to your legs your thighs your hamstrings even your knees to your shin and the muscles behind your shin and your feet so chair pose is one of those poses that in as much as it's such a challenging pose and so many yogis really struggle with this and a lot of people will say that it's quite challenging because essentially you're supposed to be getting to a place where you look like you're actually sitting in a chair. That isn't easy. That requires a lot of strength in your legs and requires also balance. Um, so yeah, standing poses such as chair pose are really, really good for building that kind of balance. Um, they are challenging, but uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes the things that are challenging are the things that are good for you. You know how like your mom, when you were younger, would tell you to eat your vegetables and vegetables just never tasted good at that time and all you wanted was like junk food and stuff. So that's kind of like chair pose for me, right? Just a little side thought there. But standing poses such as chair pose, standing eagle wraps, right? So that's standing with one, um, with, with like your legs sort of wrapped around the other shin area. Now, it's very hard for me to try and explain this um, just orally, but... Um, I think if you were to go and do your research and Google standing um, yoga poses, i.e. chair pose and, and standing ego wraps, and also tree pose, right? There's also this amazing pose called tree pose, and that's where you're basically standing at the top of your mat with your feet um, hip-width apart, right? Okay, it starts off hip-width apart, and then... You can bring, you bring, you lift one of your legs to about a 90 degree angle 
um, right at the same level as your hips and then from there you take your foot so you're, you're also here you're trying to get balance and you can either bring it to your shin or to um, your to your ankle right down to your ankle but also to just above your knee on your inner thigh or right to the groin area right and so you sort of have this triangular shape you have made with your raised leg and you're balancing on the standing foot so i don't know if that if that is an, a good description for you but try and envision what i've just said um and so you know it is quite a challenging pose and there is a lot of um burning sensation that you feel when you're in certain standing balancing poses so anyway um you know, when practicing these poses, arguably the most important thing to remember besides your breathing is to be gentle with yourself and to honor where your body is at. And by doing that, soon you'll be closer to where you want to go. Balance is one of those things that really frustrates a lot of people, um, especially when you're doing yoga and you keep falling off. But you know what? This is the thing the beautiful thing about yoga is you're there to learn balance. You don't go there to perfect your balance. You go there to keep on um, adding on to getting your balance. And you'll find that many times it's not a matter of, you know, it's not a matter of just deciding you're going to get into a pose. There's so many elements behind it. There's learning how to isolate certain muscles that you have built over time with strength to then help with your, with your balance and your flexibility. So remember always to be gentle with yourself. So what to expect on day three? Expect burning sensation in the sides of your calves. Know that you're going to fall over for sure. Just shake it off, you know, shake it off, shake it off, and come back to the pose. And you will, you're going to even feel this, in, like this uh, sort of burning sensation in your feet. And that's nothing to worry about. And the reason is... Your feet carry your whole body, right? So if you're in a standing balancing pose, it's very natural to expect that your feet are going to feel, you know, quite a lot of, um, of weight on them. So, you know, one beautiful thing I must say is that you're going to be engaging all parts of your leg. And more so, I always tell people to like grab, you know, grab the mat with your toes. And what that does is it helps you to engage all parts of your foot. Anyway, expect burning sensations. Expect that beautiful, beautiful burn you get when you have done a nice workout. Um, that is the work that your body is doing. Uh, so speaking in regards to injuries and this is something that i must say i i i feel as though um this challenge doesn't really give you enough of that information so if you have a knee or an ankle injury or in general they aren't very strong my advice to you is to take it especially easy it also might mean that you sit out this particular challenge until you've built enough strength in those parts to help support your body in these balancing poses. Meaning that if you're in standing poses that you require, that, you know, they sort of require you to balance on only one leg, always put a slight bend in your knee. Always. Yeah? Never overdo it. And if you feel pain, just stop. Completely stop and try doing something else completely. Um... 
And also, as I said, engaging all corners of your feet and that stepping into the inner and outer toe mounds, ensuring that as much of your feet are sort of flat on the mat as possible. But also, here's the most brilliant thing about living in the world that we live in today is that people are always looking to make life easier. And what does that mean? Yoga tools. Utilize blocks, right? So people, I don't know what it is about people and blocks. They feel like it's like a like a, an aid. It is an aid to your practice, but it doesn't make you inadequate or unable to do these poses. If anything, use as many as you see fit. Some of the most experienced and you know well-established yogis who really understand the intricacies of the body have they advocate for blocks. They still use them and they aid you and provide you with the support you know, as you work slowly to build on the strength to help with balance, which ultimately builds your flexibility. Another thing is yoga straps. And they're similar to blocks in that they help you to properly align your posture and deepen the stretches. So yoga props such as straps, they're typically used as uh, an extension for poses like reclined hand to big toe pose. Um, And they also come in handy if you have tense muscles or if you're nursing an injury. So, you know, or if you sort of need aid in just getting a bit deeper in your, in your, in your stretches. Another thing, and I've never used these, but I hear and I hear people preaching about them all over the internet, yoga knee pads. And as I said, it's one of those things people say that you, you don't know you need, but once you start using them, you know, people say that you can't really live without them. And their function is similar to that uh, of the wedge in that they're designed to alleviate pain and offer support. And you can use them as well to rest your elbows and your knees on. So say, for example, you are in a low lunge and your knee has, um, you know, you have a bit of a weakened knee. This is one of those ways to help alleviate that pain and just create another another sort of... Um, barrier of support um and you know they they they'll minimize the discomfort in your ankles and your hips and i think it's important that people again are true to their body and if you feel as though you are straining too much and it's painful then you are not you're not doing it correctly and you should just take a bit of a step back um so you know, I, I must commend her in the, in the sense that, you know, she packs in a punch in a 33-minute uh, yoga session and you will feel it here. Yeah, you will feel it. Um, and I recommend her day three, especially if you're trying to build strength in your lower um, body. Okay, so that's all I'm going to say today about the 30-day meditation I mean, the 30-day, apologies, yoga challenge, day three yoga for balance. Um, it got my thumbs up, I must say, but um, my only feedback would be, please, 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 if you have an injury, really take care of yourself and be reasonable with yourself. So on to the 21-day abundance meditation challenge, Deepak Chopra's one. So I'll just start off by by saying that the practices of meditation, they're an antidote to the penchant we seem to have for working ourselves to exhaustion without feeling like we have much to show for it. That is, that is meditation, that is the cure. That is the cure for the amount of um, anxiety that we put ourselves into, the amount of stress we face, and 
especially now in times when we have no idea how our world could have just changed so drastically. Meditation is such a, it's such an important tool to have in your arsenal. So, you know, there's a, there's a supla foot, there's a superfluity. <laughs> oh my God, there's a superfluity of literature. Man, you know, like superfluous, I can say, I can say properly, superfluity is where I just get it wrong. So please laugh out loud at me and allow me to allow me to to just to make error. To error is to be human. Anyway, so there's an abundance of literature. I think I should have just stuck with that um, and other content out there in terms of meditation. If you're interested in getting into it from things like The Secret, which I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast has heard about because it's just shoved down your throat all over the internet, to things like The Law of Attraction, which is another, another aspect of meditation and manifestation that people are just crazy about, right? Um, and you, you may have even heard of other meditation challenges that seem to be cropping up. So a bit of history, in 2003, Oprah and Deepak Chopra, um, who's the world-renowned pioneer in mind and body medicine and personal transformation, he started introducing a series of meditation experiences. And one of these experiences was the 21-Day Abundance Challenge, which I gave a go recently. So this particular challenge, um, it's all about clarifying your beliefs and attracting abundance into your life. And listen, it's not abundance in terms of material wealth. It's abundance in terms of your relationships, in terms of your, you know, your affinity with money or the way you interact with money. It's in terms of acknowledging the things in life that you should be abundant. You should be filled with abundance, but also be grateful for. So how it was done is um, I was added to a, a WhatsApp group um, and all the members there, you receive a reflection task from the host of the group and you have to complete it by a certain ta- time each day, right? So it was, as for us, it was every day by 11.59 p.m. you have to have submitted it. Um, and then once the task is completed, you simply state on the group, day one done, day whatever done, day whatever done. And here's the thing, if you don't state that you've completed the task, the host has the right to remove you from the group um, so as to keep the energy going. Or the host might approach you and say, look, hey, you've not, you've not been keeping accountable for this. Um, is everything okay? Um, do you still want to be a part of this? So on and so forth. Um, so, you know, all of that is just about ensuring that you are accountable and you are also adding on to the energy of the group to keep each other motivated. Um, so... The, these tasks, um, they're normally accompanied by a short daily meditation challenge, about 15 minutes each. And by the end of the 21 days, what, what it aims to do is to help you feel more equipped to harness an infinite source of abundance with just your thoughts and allowing you to lead a more prosperous life, right? So as I said, it's not material, it's not simply wealth in terms of money or material acquisitions. It's a whole rounded, um, you know, idea of what abundance means to you. And that is something that you learn as you go on day by day by day. So the reality of it. So that was what it's intended to, the reality. So day zero is um, when you add it to the WhatsApp group. 
and this is where the admin sets the intention of the group and um and explain that there you know if there was no heat heat if they, we don't commit to the challenge so it's so important that you commit to the challenge so if you're a rookie to meditation you know you'll be fine because a lot of people start off with this being their their sort of conduit into getting into uh, meditation so a lot of people who decide to do this will feel like this is so out of my comfort zone trust me i've been meditating for a couple years now and i still felt like this was out of my comfort zone and that's sort of the point it's to trust the process and to challenge yourself you want to you if you want to create a more abundant life if you want to be uh, have a, a you know a more healthy body you have to commit to it it's a lifestyle adjustment so it's not a crash course it's not just a quick quick what is it get quick rich or a quick fix they those things they never last they never last slow burn the slow burn is how you accomplish real result, results so day one the challenge here was that you're supposed to put yourself into a very quiet and meditative state so our our admin said, put away your phone or put an airplane mode or switch it off or put it on do not disturb because meditation is the act of practicing stillness and non-distraction. So things like your phone, what do they do? They distract you. Um, and also, do not be on the go. So you, when you're on the go and you're doing things um, mindlessly, right? So that's the opposite of being mindful. Mindlessly means that you're doing sort of uh, conscious um, you know, actions that you, you may have already been accustomed to, like walking, you know, you're so, you're so oblivious to the fact when you're walking or when you're commuting. And so it just becomes second nature. And that kind of beats the point. You really need to be alone with yourself. And I never just tell people, oh, just sit up, you know, get into a position where your body's completely relaxed, whether you're sitting or lying down. I don't like how some people are like, oh, you should be sitting with your back straight and so on and so forth. If that's for you, then do that. But what I suggest is you go into a quiet space, you get into a comfortable position, even if you're lying down with your head cradled, just make sure that your whole body feels at peace and calm. And then, you know, you're given a reflection activity. And day one's reflection activity was, you need to have a notebook for this. By the way, just as a point of reference, have a notebook. And day one was that in your notebook, you're supposed to make a list of 50 people who have influenced your life. So I quote, they can be living or already departed, your relatives and friends or celebrities, authors, and personalities whom you do not know pers personally. So it can be just about anyone who you feel has had an influence in your life. If you're a Michelle Obama fan, put a Michelle Obama there. If it's M Nelson Mandela, put him there. doesn't matter if they're alive or not. So um, just, be, just be aware of that. So you're supposed to list those who have contributed to your growth and development. So it's a really, really positive exercise. And you do feel like you're doing such an audit of the people who are in your life who have actually made you feel more whole. And it must have at least 50 names, right? No less. You can have, you can have more, but no less. And in the process of making this list, you need to think about why you chose that person. What has changed in your life for the better because of them? And you need to try and do this calmly and thoughtfully and as each person each person who enters 
you know, who enters into your mind when you're just thinking about those 50 people. Wish them well. Thank them for the reason that you chose them. And it's optional to write the reason next to them in your notebook. But if you want to take this a bit further, then write the reason as to why these people have influenced your growth and development. So for me, this was one of the easier tasks because I've done something similar to this before a couple of years ago when I was doing a 10-year power plan. And, you know, obviously it has changed. Uh, Some of the names have changed since then because some people have become more relevant in my life or, you know, things have changed and I've, I've gotten new mentors or I've had different experiences that have led me to grow in different ways. But I really enjoyed this challenge and it's a really good way of starting it off because it's very positive and it's not too hard to, to meditate on. So, you know, like all challenges, it's all about trusting the process and knowing that there will be some that you really struggle with, but we'll get that. We'll get to that in, in due time. So then, you know, that is the reflection activity. Then you have what is called your affirmations. So throughout, when you're listening to the 15-minute meditation where Deepak Chopra takes you into a sort of meditative state and you hear all this lovely, lovely music, um, you know, he'll give you an affirmation. And this affirmation, it's supposed to be written down in your notebook and remembered during the day as often as possible. So day one was... Today, I behold the abundance that surrounds me. And so he tells you to repeat that. Um, he tells you to repeat that verb uh, in your mind. Um, but also, something I must say that I found quite, you know, relaxing was to actually say it out loud when I was meditating. So you just keep saying that today, I behold the abundance that surrounds me. And it's so important that you were really trying to think what is this abundance that surrounds me? Is it the abundance of birds? Is it the abundance of nature? Is it the abundance of wealth? Whatever it is, it's important to visualize those things. So on the meditation, you know, it, there's no strict way as to how what method you follow. So you can choose to listen to the meditation before you start to get into the, the reflection activity or after. It's completely up to you. Um, and, you know... The ones we were sent had no ads, which was really helpful. And then they have the mantra bit. This is the mantra is what you repeat um, during the meditation. So you can choose to repeat both the affirmation and the mantra. But the mantra is what you're really supposed to repeat. And that one is supposed to be verbal. So his mantras are in Sanskrit, right? They are in um the language that is used to help tune into this. Now, if you're not somebody who would like to go down that route, he will always sort of give you the English alternative. And he walks you through this in the in the audio. So do not be do not be scared by by him having you know talking in Sanskrit. What I would say is look past that and think about what the actual mantra is and the messaging behind the meditation. So, you know, that is in a nutshell, the flow of how the, you know, every single day was put out to this, there's the thing you're supposed to listen to, the video you're supposed to listen to, there's the reflection activity, there is the affirmation, and there is the mantra. And what you're supposed to do is as you go on about your day, you're supposed to try and remember your affirmations, and you're supposed to Try and not remember the, 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 the mantras, but sort of 
um, align them to what you are trying to achieve from your affirmations. So I enjoyed day one quite a bit and I did it so quickly. I was like, day one done, teacher's pet kind of person on the group. Um, and, you know, I feel like don't, don't get too caught up in the fact that um, you want to finish the challenge to tick a box. I think it's so important that you understand why you're doing this challenge in the first place, right? So take your time. You normally have uh, 24 hours, I believe. And it's up to you to make sure that you achieve that goal. Because this is for you. It's not for anyone else. So in as much as I was like, day one done, I did it because I was so excited by the challenge. And I was like, yeah, I really enjoyed this. So I'm really going to share, you know, my feedback and so on and so forth. So if you really like to be a participant in something where you are having to keep yourself accountable, like being in a WhatsApp group where you could potentially be removed if you do not do your homework, then I really, really recommend this, right? If you feel as though you don't really like the pressure of that, um, I suggest maybe you look for something that is um, a bit more relaxing, where you're doing daily meditation and it's entirely up to you um, what you choose to gain from that and you can create your own sort of... Um, you know, homework and accountability to yourself. But there we go. That was my day three of my yoga challenge and my day one of the abundance challenge with Deepak Chopra. So again, it's all about how you choose to engage with yourself. A challenge is a challenge for a reason. A challenge is there to to make you Um, go outside your comfort zone and challenge yourself to be a bigger and a greater person in your eyes. So take a, you know, take a chance, take a leap, throw yourself into these challenges and give it your all. Because at the end of the day, it's only you you can invest in. You have the power to create your own growth. You have the power to become anything you wish to become. And so that is my take for today. I just can't thank you enough for having listened to another episode of mine. And if you, as I said earlier on, if you feel as though there's certain things you would really like me to get into, please do let me know. Um, give me the feedback. I'm always looking to improve. And I am also so excited for, you know, what's coming during the season because uh, I've, I've been talking to a bunch of people and I've realized that there's so many different inputs that I can get. And for me, an opportunity to learn and hear from others is an opportunity to grow. So thank you very much for tuning in and I will see you on the next episode on Wellness with Sylvie.